If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 21st, 2012. And we have a rather large study today, um, 27 pages. A lot of pictures, though, and some things that we're going to be skimming over toward the end. We're going to be covering a lot of different things today. Um, first part, a little bit on, a little more as far as updates on Islam, and then going, segueing into some listener comments, and then also the whole subject of Halloween and the occultic aspect to that and many of the other holidays that we celebrate in this country. And I've done individual studies on those types of things, but we're going to be looking at that. We're also going to be looking at the, um, uh, the subject of orbs, where you'll take a picture, you watch one of those paranormal shows, and you'll see these orbs what those actually are and and uh, how to deal with that. Um, that whole subject from a spiritual warfare standpoint, how to address that, there's going to be a lot of Bible in this particular uh, teaching, a lot of Bible verses relating to how to deal with these types of things. And we're also going to be taking a look at um, a new thing that Sony is doing with J.K. Rowling. Um, uh, it's called Wonder Book. And the Book of Spells by J.K. Rowling. I, I this that information just had a listener send me that, and I, I I'm going to play the videos, uh, the official videos from Sony on this. <laughs> you really need to watch them. It, it was just I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. It was unbelievable. But anyway, we're gonna. That's more toward the end. So let's go ahead and get started here. And first subject. Listener comment on Islam. It says, I'm from Sydney, Australia. As you know, the Muslims rioted in the city and some of the outer suburbs, supposedly because of this movie trailer. I'm a member of the Australian Defense Force, and I was uh, basically unlucky enough to be working in one of the suburbs where one of the protests took place. You may be interested to know that we were ordered not to leave the building in our uniforms because they cannot guarantee our safety. I mean, this is like Australia, and, they, and they, the military weren't allowed to leave in their uniforms because the Muslims, you know, potentially could kill you. Uh, needless to say, we were all angry, and we could not, we could not walk down the street in our own country's uniform. <laughs> in our own country, what is this world coming to? So, again, this is just more confirmation of whenever Islam gets to a certain point in any particular country, I think it's a little more advanced in Australia than it is the United States, that it gets to the point where, you know, uh, you literally could die just being a non-Islamic, or if you're in a, you know, the wrong type of dress, if you're perceived as the wrong type of religion, you know, they'll kill you. <laughs> but that's what the Quran tells them to do. And again, I've quoted all those verse, verses in the past. Next article, the false minister Louis Farrakhan has become known for his often cryptic warnings about the calamity that he believes Allah will inflict on America. On Sunday, in a speech he delivered at Bojangles Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina, the fiery Islamic leader issued yet another warning to the audience of 6,000, telling them that, quote, every plague that is written in the Quran 
is going to come to pass in America. End of quote. Now, our government is doing everything possible, and we're going to document a little bit of that, and we've documented much of that in the past, to placate, to, I mean, give them whatever they want. They're, they're trying to, you know, obviously bring in Sharia law, uh, all kind of special privileges and statuses, but it, like I said, particularly when it comes to Islam, it's, it will never, ever, ever be good enough. The only thing that would ever be good enough ultimately, for Islam, is if they had total domination of any one particular country and all of the infidels were destroyed and eliminated, driven into the sea, as, as they've put it, uh, starting with the Jews and then the Christians and then all the other infidels that they are non-believers in Islam. That's the only thing that would ever truly ever appease them. So, here's a guy saying that every plague that is written in the Quran is going to come to pass in America. And that's after we've, we've done everything... I don't know what more what we really could have done to placate them and pr- pretty much give them, you know, what they want. And the infiltration of our government by Islam from Muslims is is that's a whole other subject. So from the advice from advice for President Barack Obama to words of encouragement for Muslims in the Islamic world, Farrakhan was filled with advice and proclamations. And at moments, with rage, at one point while discussing what he claims will befall America, Farrakhan could barely contain himself, as he was so impassioned that he slammed his hand numerous times on the podium in front of him. And he was quoted saying, All of the punishments that are written in the Quran never came to pass in the time of the Prophet Muhammad. Never. But every plague, every plague that is written in the Quran is going to come to pass in America under the modern Pharaoh in the modern Rome and in the modern Babylon, in the modern Sodom and Gomorrah, take it or let it let it alone, he proclaimed. So here's a guy that's in a you know death cult, worships the moon god, yet it's it's amazing to me with all the evils that can be documented. This is just one week of documentation a little bit of documentation on Islam. That they act as though they are the absolute morality police of the planet. I mean, this is this is this moral high ground they claim to occupy, and they're in legitimately the most evil on a global scale, on an in-your-face scale. They're in the most evil cult on the planet, as far as just in-your-face, massive numbers of people doing things, just destroying butchering, massacring Christians all over the the world. And we only get a fraction of what's going on. You know, um, the genital mutilation of their little girls, the, the horrific way they treat their women. Uh, I mean, you could go on and on and on. The, 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 the um, pedophilia rampant with little boys, little girls, how they can have temporary marriages where they can rape a little girl and then divorce her the next morning. You know, we're talking... We're talking pure evil here. And yet, they have the audacity to have this... This It's like they're so morally upright and they can judge the planet in the name of Allah. I, I just... I, the, the hypocrisy of, the, of this cult is just unlike anything I've ever seen. On a mass scale. On a mass scale. So, next article... 
Um, female Palestinian suicide bomber, Handadi Jarat, who killed 21 Israelis and injured more than 50 others, has been chosen worthy of the, quote, highest honor by the Palestinian Committee of the Arab Lawyers Union. I mean, this isn't like, you know, the... Um, the Arab terrorist union. This is their this is their lawyer union. Okay, so this just goes to show you how evil is called good and good is called evil. That is the norm for Islam. I mean, it's it's so overtly the norm. And here we have one of their most highest professional organizations, the Arab Lawyers Union, and they give this suicide bomber, this woman, who killed twenty one Israelis and fifty others, the 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 was chosen as the highest honor by the Palestinian Committee of Arab Lawyers Union. And here's a picture of them, this lawyers union presenting this plaque to her family. There's a picture here. And um, on the there's a PDF, uh, and it would be for the um, teaching for October 21st, 2012 at contendingfortruth.com. It's also where you can find the audios. So um, the Palestinian daily newspaper, Al- Ayayam reported earlier this week that the Arab Lawyers Union had created the martyr um, Harandi Jarat, that's her name, plaque of honor, which a delegation then presented during a visit to Jarat's family. Jarat was working as a lawyer. And evidently, this is their honor, this is their way of honoring one of their own. <laughs> she goes and kills 21 people, wounds 50, in this satanic act from the pit of hell. And her own lawyer union has to, you know, give it up for, and hey, here, here's your plaque, and you receive the highest honor for this wonderful act of benevolence and generosity that you have done. This is how sick this, this society of, of Islam, this is the kind of sick, twisted minds that are the norm that operate. And particularly anywhere where Islam is of a majority. Then it really gets bad. Because devils beget devils beget devils. And wherever they have a, a certain percentage of the population, once it gets above a certain percentage, man, I'll tell you, their fangs show, and then there's no doubt what they're all about. Sorry, I didn't mean to rhyme there. Anyway, so, she was working as a lawyer when she carried out a suicide terrorist attack in a restaurant. In Hoffa in 2003. So I guess she must have, you know, strapped on the old nail bomb and, 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 you know, took one for the team and just walked right into a restaurant of innocent people just sitting there eating and just pulled the, pulled the plunger. And, you know, she killed 21. She took 21 out, killed, you know, maimed 50 others. Can you imagine if a Christian would have done such a thing? It would have been. I mean, we're talking front page news all over the world for weeks, probably. Look at these sick, twisted Christians. Strapping on a nail bomb and killing 21 and injuring 50. It would have been front page news everywhere. Condemnation from all four corners of the earth. Did you hear about this? This is just one of the thousands of acts like this that take place via Islam. I would venture to say every year. Just a lot of them we're not aware of because they occur in places where 
Islam is such a high percentage of the population where they would control news outlets and these types of things. And a lot of the news outlets would probably be very intimidated to report on a subject like this because if Islam is painted in a negative light, well, hey, they'll just come kill you. I mean, they've proven that. (laughs) So here's the picture. Um, The honorary plaque refers to the day of her suicide bombing as, get this, the plaque refers to the day of the suicide bombing as, quote, the sweet anniversary of her martyrdom, end of quote. Is that just the most sick, twisted, disgusting, satanic? This is the mindset, though. See, all I'm doing is documenting this stuff. This is what, I mean, sometimes you'll you'll turn on some talk radio, you know, Sean Hannity and stuff. I believe he has Bridget Gabriel on there. And she does a pretty good job of nailing this. I think some of the best jobs I've seen done, and these are from people that I wouldn't call so much Christians, but just people that have come out of it, are from the women. Because they've really seen the the um, the barbaric, horrific, they've been on the receiving end of it. They haven't had that privileged status that the men tend to have over the women and children in that society, and, and all of the things that they can get away with. And women that will come out of this that have the backbone enough to to actually expose this stuff and I'm not judging the ones that don't you know because I'm not walking in their shoes I don't want to judge them but I'm just saying the ones that do man my hat's off to them because they've been there done it seen it been brought up in it and they know how evil this stuff is and this is all we're doing on a weekly basis they're um, the debauchery of this death cult is so easily verifiable and documentable that you could I could literally do a study like this every single week just on Islam. Just I, if I was just devoted to one subject, that would be the easiest subject I know of where I could report on on a week to week to week basis and have probably twenty stories every week. Oh, here's the here's the newest atrocities of Islam. Here's the new. I mean, Jesus Christ said, "You will know them by their fruit." I mean, this is black rotten fruit that we're dealing with here every single week. Next report, Iranian police termed Iran's Gestapo by a Christian news site has arrested between 100 to 400 Christians and thrown them into prisons. This is on Iran. This is the one that I hear so much about from a lot of the secular media saying, oh, Iran has no, no intention of ever doing anything evil to Israel, and everybody's so overreacting in these times. Now, I understand there's a lot of garbage politics that are taking place regarding that, and I understand that concept fully, okay? But, please, all you have to do is look at Ahmadinejad, or the Ayatollah Khomeini, the two main guys in Iran, and just look at their quotes. I mean, they refer to, to you know, USA as the great Satan, and, and, and that, you know, um, Israel... The Israelites, Americans, particularly Christians, that they all need to be annihilated. And that they are absolutely chomping at the bit for this to happen, to establish Islam as the dominant religion on the planet, and the fact that they believe that the reason that they really want it to happen, to really to speed things up, is because that is the way their awaited Savior will come, the Imam Mahdi. That he will come through much bloodshed and killing. So it's no, I mean, that's not a mystery. That, that's not a, something that, that you could 
I've documented week after week after week about this particular subject. And that's their agenda. That's what they want. And they, real, they, they believe it has to come through much bloodshed of the infidels. So, um, Mr. Kandaji, a council member of, Iran, of the Church of Iran's House Church Movement, told the Christian Boz News Life website, that, quote, we have learned that at least 100, but perhaps as many as 400, have been detained over the last 10 days. He said massive arrests of men and women, including the breakup of church services held by evangelical Christians in three cities, including Tehran. You talk about some place where, you know, your Christianity, just the, the very fact of you calling yourself a Christian, I mean, it's like life or death over there. He says, we know... Um, that many have been forced to say that they will no longer attend church services in exchange for freedom. Okay, so this is what they're basically saying. You're going to go to prison, or are you going to keep going to church? And a lot of the times it'll be actually way more than that. It's like death or life. Then he goes on to say, there are several movements, but it has become clear the Protestant Christians are now viewed as number one enemy of the state. Now notice, he's not saying Catholic. He's saying Protestant. Okay. So there is a, obviously a pretty big difference. I understand the Protestant church came out of the Catholic church via Martin Luther and all that stuff. But obviously, you know, they're, now they're keen on Protestantism. And that's, uh, that's a very interesting thing. According to Kandaji, we need urgent prayers. So again, that was part of the reason I posted this. So you know, the pray for the Christians over there, really in the Middle East in general, I mean, under, under anywhere Islam, or, and I'm, I'm not going to just say Islam is the only one that persecutes Christians, because obviously you have places like China, and a, a lot of um, ones in the Orient, and these types of places, Africa you have, but uh, Africa is mostly Islamic dominated though at this point, as far as where Christian persecution is taking place. So anyway, I wanted to put that out there, and this is just one of them, this is just one story from one week where this is going on. Next um, report, Malala Yustavi, who is 14 years old, who is admired across Pakistan for exposing the reality of life under the Taliban, was shot in the neck and the head while on her school bus. Another girl on the bus was also wounded. Both girls remain in critical condition. Malala was the recipient of Pakistan's first National Peace Prize last November, a prize instituted to award a child under 18 who contributes to peace and education. As her school bus was ready to leave, the private school run by Malala's father, a bearded gunman, Islamic gunman, approached the bus and asked which one of the girls was Malala. One girl pointed to Malala, who, who denied then her identity, and the gunman proceeded to shoot them both. This is Islam, right here. Shooting little girls on school buses. <clears throat> May the Lord Jesus Christ rain down his fury on anyone who would do such a wicked, evil thing. Little girls on school buses. Boy, he must really feel like he has served Allah well. You know, taking responsibility for the brutal attack, the Taliban spokesman, Mr. Assan, said by telephone, quote, this was a new chapter of obscenity, and we have to finish the chapter. It's almost like he's admitting it was obscene what they did. 
And we have to finish it. Well, that, what that would imply to me is that if that girl doesn't die, and I'm not sure if she did or not, if she was in critical condition, then they're going to have to finish this. And anyone else who would dare speak against Islam or Allah, and I don't even know what she said, couldn't have been that bad if she was still in the country. I mean, she was awarded the Pakistani's National Peace Prize. Couldn't have been that bad what she said. So again, just more fruit of, of good old Islam. And here we will bring it back home here to our own country, well, for those listening in America, um, Colonel Dooley, recipient of the Bronze Star Medal, the fourth highest combat decoration, was relieved of his position as a teacher at the Joint Forces Staff College after a lone student, a lone student, and various Islamic groups complained about his course on counterterrorism. Now, if anybody, if, if there was any religious group regarding watching for in America or elsewhere who have committed more terroristic operations worldwide. There is, you can't even compare anything to Islam. There's Islam and everything else. Okay, as far as terroristic actions go. Okay, so he's this guy's teaching a course on counterterrorism. Okay, probably a really good thing regarding the military. Okay. Well his downfall came at the hands of fifty seven Islamic groups evidently in America, who began complaining a year ago that the U.S. military and intelligence counterterrorism training instructors and materials were anti-Islam. How dare we be anti-Islam, the ones that strap on these nail bombs, and then, they, and then these people that die, they, they give them the highest honors possible. Why would we ever want to key on them? I mean, they just commit atrocities all over the planet every single day. Killing, maiming, butchering, all in the, in the name of Allah. But no, 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 we would never, ever. We don't. We have to be politically correct and make sure we don't say anything about them. It is absolutely mind-numbingly maddening to even discuss this. How flagrant and in-your-face, what a joke this is to even look out. Of course they would be the main group you would want to key on. Are you going to key on the Mormons? Or the Jehovah Witnesses? Or the Seventh-day Adventists? Yes, they're cults, but they're not strapping on nail bombs, running into wherever, running into restaurants. And how good of a cover was that for that lady who was a lawyer? Oh, she probably looked like, you know... See, those are the real deadly ones. And I bet you a lot of the people in that restaurant might have even known her. That's what they want to do. They want to diffuse and disarm their, their, their enemies. They want, they want to look as innocent as lambs until they push the plunger. That way they can take more of you out. That's their goal. Total annihilation of the infidels. That's what the Quran tells them to do. In numerous and other unholy Islamic writings, as we've quoted in the past. This group that was mad included... Um, both CARE, which is one of the most wicked Islamic groups on American soil, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, and the Islamic Society of North America, or ISNA. Both CARE and ISNA were named as unindicted co-conspirators in the Holy Land terror funding trial, which was the largest ever terror funding trial in the United States history. Both are listed by the Muslim Brotherhood, who publicized doctrine, whose publicized doctrine is to destroy America from within, <laughs> as 
as two of its working organizations. So they're listed with the Muslim Brotherhood, whose main publicized goal is to destroy America from within. And they're the ones complaining that this counterterrorism course was anti-Islam. It's it's just like it, it's like it's, you get to a point where you're almost speechless because it's so overtly unfair and evil and just in your face. As a direct result of the complaints by the Islamic groups, the U.S. government instituted broad sweeping reviews. Oh, we've got to placate them. We've we've got to make sure we give them whatever we want. They want because they're good people. And they've proven that over and over again. They prove it every day. They're good people. You know, the, these, um, particularly the radical Islamists. But trust me, all the, the moderates will all fall in line. The moderates always do fall in line. Look at where Islam takes, again, a certain percentage of the population where Islam is dominant. You think the moderates are telling the radicals to, to hey, tone it down a notch. Come on, we can't be killing everybody. No, they're keeping their mouth shut. And many times they're becoming radical because they've got no choice. Or maybe they wanted that all along. I told you that their agenda uh, not one or two weeks ago where we had talked about the, the, the moderate supposed majority of Muslims will always act like, oh, hey, we're good guys, we're the go-between, we're, we're, we're not about all that radical stuff. And then what it does is, a, is, a, is they bring in their radical brethren and allow them to do their thing while the moderate Islamic people provides their cover. That's, that's how they operate. They're very calculated in how they work. Very, very, very... I mean, it's said Allah was the greatest of all deceivers. He was the greatest, he was the most cunning and de- deceiver that there was. It says that in the Quran. I, I gave you the verse. And obviously his his um, followers are supposed to be the same way. So Islamic groups were allowed into the FBI and other institutions to approve or disapprove materials. Do you believe this? They're letting these radical Islamic groups whose stated goal is total destruction of the United States, they're allowing them into the FBI and other American things in order to design curriculum for the military and for the police on what in what in can be in or what can't be in regarding, well, hey, they don't want, obviously they're going to disapprove anything where they would actually end up getting caught Oh no, that has to go, that has to go, that has to go. Oh, this is this is this is anti-Islamic. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The Pentagon complied with this review. So you've got Satan coming in there saying, no, 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 no. This has to go, this has to go. These these can't be in, in this. This is this is, you know, anti-Islam. And the Pentagon complied with their review as did all of the branches of the U.S. armed forces. It's just beyond comprehension. Absolutely beyond comprehension. Now, heavily relating to this subject, we've got a Muslim president in office, born and raised Islamic, admits it, says from his own mouth that he spoke when he went over to Egypt, 
I have known Islam on three continents. Indonesia, Africa, and America. Now, those aren't continents. I understand they're countries, but they're three different continents I just talked about. Kenya, in particular, with Africa. Anyway. The only one, Obama, that I've ever seen bow to were like the sheiks that he's met with in the Middle East. It's the only time you'd ever see him bow. People that have a higher ranking in Islam to him. And again, this is a big reason why all of this stuff has happened. I understand the New World Order's using him to do their bidding. I, I understand that. But this a guy is all about protecting his core religious religion and religious belief systems. And this is why we've had all the things transpire in the last four years as, at an accelerated rate where Islam has achieved this unbelievably special and protected status within the U.S. government. I just cited, what we just cited was just mind-blowing. So, the next report, Obama's family's raising money for Sharia law in Kenya. See, Obama's extended family in Kenya, they're all radical Islamists. That's how he was raised. Okay, Since his inauguration, President Obama's family in Kenya has been on a mission to use the Obama name to transform Kenya from, a na- from the nation's current Christian majority to an Islamic majority that will spread Islamic law and Sharia throughout the country. So they want what they're going to do, and this is more fruit of Obama and his family, is they want to absolutely, totally destroy Kenya. And the greatest way to destroy a country is just make sure you, imp- you implement is- Islam on a majority basis. And... Sharia law, and guaranteed you're going to destroy that country. You will destroy it from the ground up. Kill, butcher, massacre, enslave, you know. Here's a picture of um, Saeed Obama in one of these meetings, and uh, Musa Ismail Obama, and they're meeting with um, some other Islamic people. And, and this is in, in, in as far as advancing this agenda that we were just talking about. Arab researchers, Walid and Theodore Shubat, have documented the claims in a special report, and there's links to this. In the interview, Musa Ismail Obama, President Obama's first cousin in Kenya, who was the guy we just got the picture of here, told the Arabic language satellite TV network, Al Jazeera, that the Saudi Arabian royal family has developed a strong relationship with the Obama family, in their home village of Kogelo in West Kenya. Musa took pains to explain the need to proselytize Islam in Kenya. Now, proselytize Islamic style is, and and now if they're allowed free reign particularly, you either convert or die. That's proselytizing. That's their form of witnessing. (laughs) If they can get away with it, that's how they proselytize. So, he took pains to explain, this is Obama's first cousin, the need to proselytize Islam in Kenya, which is in line with the desire of wealthy Saudi Arabians to transform Kenya into the majority Muslim country. Saudi Arabia being absolutely the majority Islamic. They want to spread the joy. You know, they want to spread the religion of peace and, and love and joy and 
long-suffering. They want to spread that religion to, to the four corners of the earth because, you know, it's just so good. It just brings such good fruit. Obviously, I'm being as sarcastic as possible. Walid Shubat pointed out that an entire article in the Arab-language newspaper Al-Arib acknowledged the importance of the Obama name to the efforts of the Kenyan family to expand the position of Islam in the country. He's doing the same thing here. He's just not quite as in-your-face and overt as they're doing it over there. But if he could get away with it, guaranteed Obama would be doing the same thing here. He's just doing it a little more, way more under the radar here. He's doing it like, like, I, like this article I just read where they relieve that Bronze Star winner, that lieutenant colonel, that colonel. Shubat noted the article describes President Obama as a Muslim. Referring to President Obama's Islamic faith, that was a quote from... I mean, it's, it's well known he's a Muslim. Next report. And this is one's particularly um, nauseating in light of, in light of all the um, articles and reports and things I've reported on on Islam over the years. Muslim slash Christian interfaith group calls for blasphemy laws. Now, we just talked last week how Rick Warren has been probably the single greatest factor bringing Islam and pseudo-false Christianity together into one big happy family. The United Muslim Christian Forum. Now, what an abomination of a name that is. Islam and Christianity are absolute total polar opposites that believe in two polar opposite doctrines. You cannot combine the two. From a biblical standpoint, it, it just it cannot be done. Now you can combine pseudo heretical false Christianity with Islam, sure. So the United Muslim Christian Forum, a friendly sounding interfaith group, issued a press release on September 18th, demanding the prosecution of the makers of the low quality "Innocence of Muslims" B-rated trailer. That appeared on YouTube. This was the one where supposedly the Muslims were all just going crazy nuts over this joke of this B-rated trailer. That was their supposed excuse. Even though it was right on the anniversary of 9-11 when all those riots broke out over there. It was calculated. It was well known well before. And that, that trailer had been out since like early, like in June. Why did all of a sudden they just, you know, go nuts about it now? I've said worse things about Islam than that trailer ever did. Why don't they why don't they riot over my ministry? Or riot over a ton of other ministries out there exposing Islam? No, it was just a convenient scapegoat for them. The United Muslim Christian Forum, and there's a link to their blasphemous site, is an entity of the Muslims of Americas, whose members follow a cleric in Pakistan named Sheikh Galani that refers to Osama bin Laden as just a Saudi activist. The group says it has 22 villages across the country, such as Islamburg. Islamburg. I'm not making this stuff up. And that's in Hancock, North New York. And Islamville in York County, South Carolina. I'm not making this stuff up. This is what they're naming 
their villages. Galani also leads Jamat Uf Fukra, a group that the State Department said in 1998 is a, quote, Islamic sect that seeks to purify Islam through violence. (laughs) Sounds good to me. I mean, hey, there's no red flags there. In 2009, I obtained a video of a Muslim woman receiving guerrilla warfare training in military fatigues at Islamburg. See, you have to understand, like I've said, they're training all of their people, including the women, that when the, the green light is given to Islam, all these sleeper cells are going to be activated and they're going to do kill as many of us as they can possibly kill. And it ain't going to be just, excuse my French there, but it, it ain't going to be just strapping on nail bombs and walking into cafes. It's going to be every diabolical thing that they can possibly think of to bring America down. I'm not saying we don't deserve judgment in this country. And most likely God will let this happen from the standpoint of we do deserve judgment. I mean, 60 million aborted babies since Roe versus Wade? The gays, the sodomites, the pornography, I mean, you name it. You could go on and on and on. And how the churches have remained largely silent about these particular issues and haven't fought back against this wickedness and evil. They just go on like, oh yeah, whatever. Well, they're 501c3 corporate institutions yoked up with the government. Why, why would they? They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. They've got to watch what they say or they'll get their, their 501c3 status revoked. People won't be able to write off their tithes on their IRS tax forms anymore. And they'll lose their subsidies from the government. They've got to watch out. You know, you've got to be careful. And the Bible says to do all that stuff. It, it says, you know, yoke up with the government and make sure you fear the government more than God. And it says all that stuff, right? I mean, come on. Anyway, obviously, you know, I, I use sarcasm to highlight points, to make it so obvious and in your face about certain things. Um, now, this should raise questions about the purpose of Islamberg's 24th Annual Ladies Summer Camp. Isn't that nice sounding? This was in July of 2011. There's a link to the site, the 24th Annual Ladies Summer Camp. I'm sure they went in there and they did crocheting, maybe some macrame. Um, They learned how to, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, different cooking techniques, things like that, how to make jello, pies. I'm sure it was all about that, right? Sure. I mean, they're, they're religion of peace. They're not about evil. So anti-Semitism is at the core of UMCF's drive to forge a Muslim-Christian coalition. Uh, its website states that the 9-11 tack- attackers were, quote, stage one of getting the Western world on behalf of the Jews to go to war with the Arab world. Galani says the Jews are an example of human Satans. This is a quote. This is the group that's on our soil that is yoked up with these apostate Christians trying to get everybody on the same page, but understand the agenda here. Because this is where the rubber really meets the road. The Jews are an example of human Satans, and that he never encountered an honest Jew. 
Now, if you were a pseudo-heretical Christian yoked up with this group, and you were buying all this rhetoric, all this these lies and propaganda, I'm not saying the Jews are perfect, okay? I'm not saying Zionist Jews, the ones that call themselves Jews but are of the synagogue of Satan, as the Bible talks about, aren't on the highest order of the food chain in the Illuminati. The Rockefellers, the Rothschilds. I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm not saying there's a lot, not a lot of wicked Jews in political office in Israel. Or ones that call themselves that. But they're of the synagogue of Satan. But I'm not going to throw the baby out of the bathwater either. And just condemn the whole is, uh, Israel race, Israelites, just because of the evil ones at the top of the food chain. I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to have biblical balance here. He's basically trying to get everybody to say, you know, listen, Jews are human Satans. They've never encountered an honest Jew. They're to blame for everything evil on the planet. And he's trying to get Christians to adopt the same viewpoint. See, whenever Islam yokes up with anything, they always have a gigantic hidden agenda afoot. It's not because they're trying to play nice. They may want to appear as though they're playing nice so that you're so that you lower your guard, all the meanwhile they're plotting your own death and demise in the background. This is how they work. A number of officials and Christian leaders have embraced the UMCF, which is this organization, this United Muslim Christian Forum. Okay, A number of Christian officials and Christian leaders have embraced this UMCF, even though its extremism can be found through a simple Google search and review of the group's website. I mean, these, I, I tell you, the state of the modern apostate church just gets more pathetic and evil and wicked and lazy by the day. A simple Google search, you could have found out who you're yoking up with. I tell people in business, if like, you know, you have your own business, don't yoke up with an unbeliever. Like, don't go in partnership with a whatever Whether they're in Jehovah Witnesses, Mason, Mormon, whatever, you yoke up with them in a business deal, like you're in partnership, Satan will put as many devils as he can on that unsaved person that you're yoked up with to make your life totally miserable, and it will backfire on you, and it will turn into a disaster. I've seen it happen over and over again. If you're a true born-again Christian, that is what will happen. God's trying to teach you a lesson. Now, I understand a lot of people work for people that are unsaved. That's a little different. Okay, I'm talking about yoking up in a partnership fashion. You know, where we're partners. No, 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 no. Not a good thing. And here we have a supposed Christian organization yoking up with Islamic. I mean, it's unbelievable. The most recent event held by the UMCF was on April 21st in Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina. The two Christian speakers were reverend, even though the Bible only calls God reverend. One time in the Bible, reverend as holy as he, referring to God. I've done a whole teaching on that. You can just key in reverend in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. It's like 20-some minutes. Anyway, were Reverend Sam McGregor of Allison Creek Church and a missionary named Ryan Peters. The UMCF's main speaker at this event was Kalafia Hussan Adams, 
And the text of the speech is online, and there's a link to that. But a portion of the text reads that he said. Now, remember, he's talking to this joint coalition of pseudo-Christians and Islamic people. So here is a, here's a portion of the speech. He said, Jesus is a role model for the Sufis, which is a sect of Islam. As opposed to the Jews who deprived him of the honor of being born to a blessed virgin mother. The, the Jews didn't deprive them. That's, that's fact. It happened. Okay? <laughs> the Jews didn't deprive him, Jesus Christ, of that. Nobody could have stopped God's plan for Jesus Christ on planet Earth. Nobody. He's acting like the Jews deprived him of this. I didn't. It's a lie. First lie. They also conspired to take his life. Yeah. The Pharisees and Sadducees and, and these ones. Yes, there's true. So what? That was God's plan. Okay, and you can't blame the whole Jewish race for that. It was specific religious Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes that were plotting to take Jesus' life. Why? Because they were of their father the devil and of his lust they would do. Satan knew, okay, we got the Son of God on the planet here. We need to take him out. That was his, that was his plan. And he primarily did work through the religious Jews, who Jesus Christ referred to that they were like whitened sepulchers full of dead man's bones, meaning a whitened tomb. They appeared, you know, all wonderful on the outside in, in their flowing robes and garments, but on the inward side they were dead. They were of the synagogue of Satan, okay? So, again, I'm trying to provide the proper context here. Now, then he goes on to say, He was called the son of an illegitimate birth, while his mother was termed a woman of ill repute. True, the Talmud and, the, the Talmud and other unholy writings, particularly the Babylonian Talmud, oh, wow, is that blasphemous. Now, if you don't know what that is, key in Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D, in the keyword search box, at contendingfortruth.com, and I give you those verses. I can't even really repeat them. They're so evil. What the religious Jews, the apostate, not following God religious Jews, said about Jesus Christ. Well, he was a threat to their empire. Again, does that mean I'm going to throw the whole Israelite race under the bus and put them all in that category? I mean, the apostles were all Israelites. And the first believers were basically all Israelites. They were the ones that evangelized the world after Jesus died. I mean, Jesus was born an Israelite. So again, it's, it's important to have biblical balance. Now, I've, I've done a whole teaching on the biblical cause for Israel's affliction. Since the crucifixion till basically now. I mean, it's undeniable they've had a rough time since then. They brought themselves under a collective curse by when they basically told Pilate, crucify Jesus Christ, let his blood be upon us and our children, give us the murderer Barabbas. So again, I'm trying to biblical balance. But I never would throw the whole Israelite race under the bus and say, well, there's no hope for them. The Bible's very clear. It says that blindness in part has happened to Israel 
until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Again, I've done whole teachings on that. Just read Romans 11. Anyway, um, I'm trying to provide some context with this garbage speech this devil gave. Okay, So then he goes on to say, Perhaps you are well aware of the fact that the Jews brought false allegations of sedition and rebellion against Jesus, the son of Mary. The religious Jews, yes, and, and anyone aligned with them, yes. And then, it's, and then he says to the Roman masters, because of this, they say he was crucified. Now he goes on to say Jesus was never crucified. So who is really the blasphemous one here? He has the audacity to get up in front of a bunch of heretical pseudo-Christians. This is how pathetic they are, these Christians. This is typical. And basically give a false account of the Gospels and deny the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, which would basically negate our salvation through him. If you think about that, if he didn't die for our sins, if if there wasn't his death, burial, and resurrection, how are we going to get saved? If he didn't shed that blood on the cross to pay our sin debt, how are we going to get saved? He just denied it. He said they say he was crucified. In other words, like it was a like they had the audacity to say that he was crucified. This devil has no idea or understanding of the concept of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. None at all. And you've got Christians there that were probably silent, listening to this and saying, Wow, yeah, oh, maybe he's right. Well, they've long abandoned God anyway. If they're yoked up with this, anything pretty much goes. If the blind leadeth the blind, they will both fall into a ditch, as Jesus Christ said. And here's a blind man, a blind demon-possessed Islamic leader, having the audacity to even give pseudo-Christians a Bible lesson about the core doctrine and what our salvation hinges upon He's got the audacity to deny that and give us a Bible lesson. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And the Christians just lap, the pseudo-Christians just lap it up. Well, the Bible talks about, you know, the dog has returned to his own vomit. Well, that's, that's basically, you know, what you got here. The UMCF also held a parade in Binghamton, to honor Jesus Christ. Oh, right. What, the Jesus Christ of the Quran? Where he was basically, well, he was a good man, but uh, he wasn't the son of God. See, God has no son. Allah has no son. Did you know that? The, the Quran's very clear on that. So, he couldn't be the son of God because they believe Allah is God. So, to them, he was just a, a prophet and a good man. That was about it. Do you know they believe Jesus Christ is going to come back with their awaited Savior, the Imam Mahdi? He's going to be like, you know, it would be like Batman and Robin. He's going to be Robin, though. He's going to be, you know, like the low man on the totem pole. But they believe he's coming back with their awaited Imam Mahdi. I've gotten into that before. Key in, Master Jesus, and that's the ascended Master Jesus, that's the false Jesus that's getting ready to make his big debut with all the other ascended Masters that are going to claim to be our creators and our progenitors and that, you know, they seeded humanity 
millions of years ago, and we're their little science project. This is known as the ancient astronaut theory, which Hollywood has went out of the way to brainwash us about. And they're coming back real soon, and Jesus Christ is going to be a main player. Their master Jesus, also known as a Sananda Emmanuel. They believe that um, he's coming back. But it's not going to be the Jesus of the Bible that comes back. Not in that regard. But they had a parade to honor Jesus Christ. According to local news reports, 700 Muslims and Christians attended. Of the America's members traveling from as far away as Canada and the Caribbean. This is the sick, sad, apostate state of the church. Where you've got this kind of just blasphemous garbage going on. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, verses 14 and 15, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. That's the norm. Judgment is turned away backward. There is no real true judgment. I mean, these people that would yoke up... I'm just using that as an example. Christians that would call themselves Christians. They've got no... They've got no... Discernment. They've got no true judgment. He who is spiritual judgeth all things. Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. No, he didn't. He said, judge not lest ye be judged. Yeah, when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brothers, that's the context of that verse. Please go back and read it. And then it even says, remove the beam in your own eye so you can judge the speck in your brothers. I mean, not like we're supposed to be nitpicking everybody, but just saying, we're supposed to judge. He who is spiritual judgeth all things. If we would judge ourselves, the Bible says, we would not be judged. This is righteous judgment. This is not hypocritical judgment we're talking about here. But in the society that we live in, judgment is turned away backward, and justice... And this is why we can look at things like what we just talked about in like the, the military, them kicking that guy out for his course on counterterrorism and then Islam coming in and saying, oh, no, 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 you can't teach on that. That has to go. Why? Because they know they're going to get nailed if they teach on that. So they want to make us as stupid and as dumb as possible so that they can get their sleeper cells going and, and, and get ramped up and ready to kill as many of the infidels as possible when Islam is given the green light, most likely when World War III starts. Justice standeth afar off. There's, there's, there's less and less true, righteous justice and judgment. The Bible predicts this is the way it's going to be. For truth is fallen in the street. All the stuff we're talking about today, it's so obvious and in your face, yet it's not being talked about or propagated on, on any kind of mass scale. It's just suppressed. They would rather give you lies than truth. And equity cannot enter. Things being equitable. There's less and less of that as well. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. More and more and more, the more you choose to depart from evil, the more of a target you're going to be. Now, I'm not saying God can't protect you. And that's why I did that teaching on Psalm 64. Just key in the word Psalm in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. 
God's judgment on wickedness is a Christian's door of hope. One of them. That's what that's about. And the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Now, if judgment's so terrible, why would it displease God that there was no judgment in the land? Because there was no righteous judgment. It was all warped and hypocritical and backward judgment. Just like all this garbage that I've just went over today. It's a warped form. It's a twisted. It's, it's judgment that is reversed. There was no true judgment and it displeased God. Hosea 4.1 The Lord's controversy with Israel. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Now this would apply just as much as to us in today's day and age as it would apply to Israel back then. Goes on to say, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. If these churches were really right with God, they would have a knowledge of God, and they would know better than to yoke up with pure evil. And that happens on many different levels in today's day and age, particularly with the corporate 501c3 church in America. Verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's what one of the main reasons this ministry exists. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. So see, your actions, somebody that, that would get into this type of information and say, oh no, this is just too much. I, I got too many things in my life and I, I, I can't handle this. Just understand what you may be doing to your children. Because of your rejection of true knowledge and the truth, and you've heard that expression, the truth hurts. Well, particularly if you have a lifetime invested in a particular religious movement or a their way of thinking. Like, well, I've been a Lutheran my whole life and, and I've got my whole life invested in this. And, I, and this, this all may be true, but I'm not going to embrace it. Just think what you may be doing to your children. It says, I will also reject, the, I will also forget thy children. Your actions have an effect on others. The Bible says, and it's very clear regarding the end times, when the apostasy of the church, which is in full swing, and the wicked or the antichrist is revealed, that God will send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God's the one sending it. You need to make sure you're taking steps and plans every day not to get caught up in the strong delusion. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. A lot of it hinges on your, obviously, you being born again, Bible-believing Christian, first thing, obviously. Really, the second main factor, I believe, is fear of God and humility before God. And humility before others, too. You want to act like you're all prideful. <laughs> that's not. Uh, but I'm saying that that a lot of that's connected with with wisdom, fear of God, and understanding and knowledge. And then you'll know how to really judge things. If you don't have any fear of God, how are you going to get true wisdom? How are you going to get true knowledge? And how are you going to get true understanding? How are you going to appropriate God's protection if the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear Him and delivereth them? How are you going to appropriate protection? How are you going to get your prayers answered if you don't fear God? 
He that regardeth iniquity in his heart, the Lord will not hear. Well, not fearing God is definitely a form of iniquity. And like I said, a lot of things hinge on the fear of God. You don't have it, pray for it. Fear of God will breed humility in you. You can pray for humility too, but... To this man will I look, the Bible says in Isaiah. To one that trembleth at my word of a contrite and meek spirit. And meek doesn't mean weak. It mostly means humility. So, then it goes on in verse 7. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. This would be a really great example of the modern day apostate church in America and elsewhere. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. Now that's what's coming. That hasn't quite happened yet in America. But all the things, and that's one of the things they talk about, that they glory in their shame. Well, God is preparing to change the glory of the apostate 501c3 corporate church, particularly in America and elsewhere, into their shame. The thing that they were glorying in the most, like, let's just use like one of the most extreme examples, like Smiley Joel Osteen. The glory that he has garnered and, you know, yoking up with Oprah and all this other garbage that he has done in his feel-good apostate gospel. No one thing, their glory will be changed into their own shame. Soon enough. When it's coming, I don't know. But it's coming, guaranteed. Um, Let's go ahead... Because I'm going to totally shift gears here now. And let's go to part two. And um, we'll get into the next part of the teaching. God bless you. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.